What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats on the Out of Collective Network. My name is John Kroom. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. If this is your second, third, fourth, or fifth time, welcome back. Uh, glad to have you. And uh, yeah, this is super rad. Uh, I'm so stoked to be doing this. I mean, this is my 115th episode, I think, at this point, And it's uh, awesome. And it's only the beginning. So guys, thanks for tuning tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. But anyways, let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode with Eric Hill from Project Echelon. We sit down, we chat about the recent event in crit racing. We chat about Project Echelon, how they're pretty much one of the most underrated teams here in the domestic US. Um, yeah, like they're, they're a legit pro team, um, but probably don't have as much funding as most pro teams should, um, at least as much as they probably should. But uh, like they, like I said, they're probably one of the most underrated pro teams to date, uh, and I'm calling them pro. Like we we even dive into that a little bit. But they're in Europe right now. They're racing in Europe, and they're going to be racing with some of the biggest pros uh, the world has to offer. So really excited to see what they do and how they do. But anyways, let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode. But first, let's hear a quick message from the sponsor. And back for another episode is Sierra Nevada Brewing. Guys, if you haven't already, please make sure you go check out their Little Things Pack. I'm a huge fan of the Hazy Little Thing, as I've said before, but they got the Wild Little Thing, which is a sour ale, the Big Little Thing, which is an Imperial IPA, and then the Sunny Little Thing, which is your classic citrus wheat ale. Also, they even have my favorite my second favorite which is the tropical torpedo which is a tropical ipa which again can all be found at sierranevada.com that's sierranevada.com slash beer also back for another episode but this is a long time coming they haven't been on in a while is spot insurance in a world where accidents are inevitable but with injuries come uncertainties of over-the-top medical bills and out-of-pocket expenses which usually end up hurting even worse at Spot Insurance, we take care of the pain, dealing with the cost by providing low-cost, straightforward injury coverage, whether you got insurance or not. That's why some of the biggest names out there like Icon Pass, Taos, USA Cycling, Red Bull Last Stand, and more include spot injury coverage as a benefit with their products. For all you skiers and riders out there, you've got the choice when hitting the mountains, making sure that you, Spot covers you for your next adventure. Guys, I've talked about spot before because i've had spot i've used spot and i still have spot and honestly it's one of the best things that i ever did for myself because um yeah it's a twenty thousand dollars no deductible just no out-of-pocket cost they're there for you so if you like to go do adventures you like to go do crazy things make sure you go to out of bounds dot getspot.com that's out of bounds dot getspot.com there'll also be a link in the description below thanks now on to the episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats on the Out of Collective Network. I'm sitting here with Eric Hill, who's the uh, the owner and president and executive director. And honestly, you still ride for them too. I want to give do, you that. Yeah, I want to give you that credit too. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't say that he was a rider, but he still rides for Project Echelon, which is probably, I say, one of the quietest, uh, most underrated domestic elite team slash professional cycling teams here in um in the states so eric how you doing man i'm doing great i'm super excited for this we've been trying to connect for so long now Dude, and it happened is uh is good it's really good yeah it's always me and we almost canceled this morning but that's for that's for another conversation for another day but uh but anyways um yeah man let's let's just dive into who you are before we like 
before we dive into Project Echelon and diving into the nitty gritty of what's happening in the crit world and what's happening, um, you know, more or less in American cycling, like, who are you? Like, where do you get started? Where, you know, what's your background? And yeah, how do you find yourself, I guess, you know, running one of the biggest teams here in the States right now? Yeah. So I, I think the, the the biggest starting point is just like my childhood. I grew up in a life of athletics, um, had aunts, uncles, mom, dad that uh, did collegiate athletics, um, professional athletics. And so grew up in that culture. Um, yeah. And then also grew up in a military culture. A lot of family members served. My dad worked at, um, at a, a military academy when I grew up. And so uh, just was always around that. And so that's kind of just, you know, uh, perseverance, grit, uh, respect, like that's kind of just the culture I grew up in and um, went on and pursued my own um, athletic running career um, at the collegiate level. Um, ultimately got hurt running steeplechase at national championships my junior year and um, needed to find something else um, until I was able to run again. And uh, Matt Boucher was kind of an inspiration for me. He um, ran steeplechase as well, if you didn't know that. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Um, so we competed against each other a number of times. He had just made the jump from Kelly Benefits to Trek. And uh, I was like, man, maybe cycling is something I could do. And uh, Shit, that wasn't that long ago, is it? I mean, that's not that crazy long ago. Oh, uh, it would be, uh, what is that? Almost 14 years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I got into cycling super late, my junior year of college, um, and, you know, fell into the traps of, of a lot of cyclists, like, Hey, just, just go harder. That's how you win. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I had to learn the hard way, but, um, ultimately was able to get myself into, um, the, you know, the North American pro cycling scene, um, doing Cascade Classic and, uh, Redlands and, North Star Grand Prix and those types of things and just fell in love with it. Um, and then, you know, a little bit down the road and I can tell you how, but uh, ended up starting Project Echelon because it, yeah. it's best with my life and kind of with my vision for how sport can give back to the community. Yeah. So how did, how did like Project Echelon become a thing? Like, I mean, because yeah. I think the cool thing about Project Echelon, you know, that, you know, some people may not know is like, it's so easy to start a team by easy, you know, quotes around it it's so easy to start a team and uh, and just have a team right and like have people on said team but to also run like a mission behind it or like you know and and by mission it's really easy to say like oh yeah we're here for the kids you know we're gonna do one to two camps a year um but you guys give back pretty heavy to the veterans and and like i mean you almost have like two teams within a team and honestly you guys inspired us to kind of do this like club model um more or less to have you know a club model for our team but your club model is even something bigger uh and so i yeah tell us a little bit about that yeah so uh we officially incorporated in 2016 and um kind of during that time is when a lot of the big teams started to fold right yeah. like panda went away you like was starting to, to crumble um and so it's like all right all these opportunities are going away what am i going to do where am i going to go and so I was thinking about starting my own team. I wasn't sure what that was going to look like. Um, kind of simultaneously, a veteran friend of mine, also named Eric, Eric Beach, reached out and let me know that he had made a third attempt at suicide. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. He took a bottle of pills and, um, you know, wanted to take his life. He just was yeah. in, that, in that place. And um, in our conversation, it became very clear that 
he was lacking the routine structure and purpose that the military provided him and that he felt um, getting into triathlon would actually help to bring him that peace again. Hmm. Um, and so he asked me for help. Yeah. Uh, during that year, I wrote a training plan for him, gave him an old bike, um, got, you know, got him connected within the, the community, um, helped him select some specific races. And yeah. a year later, he was doing Ironman Nice on NBC's Quest for Kona. Oh, wow. Um, that caught fire. A lot of people, you know, heard that story and uh, reached out and said, like, that's me and I need help too. And so together we decided to... Uh, <laughs> Next thing you know, you're just like getting all these calls and you're just like, yeah. oh shit, like I'm yeah. getting overwhelmed so, with programs. So I was like, I can't, do it, I can't do it alone. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's start a team that can do that. Let's start a foundation that's behind the team that can carry yeah. that mission um, and, you know, and make a difference in our community. So last so year- is that- is that like your full-time gig? Like, is that uh, what you do? No, no. I, uh, I wish it was. That's where I'm yeah. working. At. Um, no, I, I work in education as a consultant for the department of public construction. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So just so you know, kids, like, you know, sometimes when you're chasing your dream, you still have to work a full-time job. <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we're getting there. I'm still, I'm not giving up on that full-time, you know, that dream of, of making this what I do. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a grind and you got to, to stay focused and, and chase chase what you love yeah and so i guess how does it develop then at this point because it's like you know you're you're helping out all these veterans and, and these people who who are just lost and and really i guess you're just getting them into cycling like how does it turn into like well shit, i guess now this is a team that i ride for and this is an elite team and professional team really and, I, and that's the thing that sucks about cycling it's like they play this game of like you have to buy this card to yeah. be a professional when in reality, like I have, I have debt and I have sacrifices that I've made that I think have made me professional, whether or not I got paid. Um, we'll just call me an intern. That's actually funny. I've never actually, <laughs> and now that I'm saying it aloud, I've, like we're all just interns, I guess, if we're not officially professional, but yeah, more or less. Yeah. So like, how does it, how does it develop into that? Yeah. Um, you know, so like I said, it, we had all these people reaching out saying they needed help and, and wanted to be a part of this. Um, I couldn't do it alone. So I was like, well, what if I build a team that can be around that? Um, and we use the team as our means to engage the community, to do yeah. VA visits, to engage with VFWs, to do um, community events and charity rides. Um, and then we use the professional platform as, you know, as a means to amplify that message and reach people in our community, not, necessarily even veterans, but just people that need to know that our veterans struggle when they come home and they need your support. Yeah. And, um, people believe in that, you know, it, it gives us motivation beyond pedaling a bicycle. Um, and it just kind of keeps the whole season in, in perspective. Yeah. Um, and really cool things have come from it. You know, we've last year alone donated $70,000 in, in grants and support to, to veterans. And, um, our, we have about a, a veteran community of about 500 strong. Um, we have two veterans that we've selected. They're actually in Europe with our guys um, right now. They're oh, serving wow. as staff members. We're calling it the, the Veteran Pro Experience. And so they're, um, you know, doing the swan year and feed zone thing, uh, driving the team car. And it's, it's been really cool to involve them in such a, you know. So do you, uh, do you like pay for the expenses? I mean, more or yeah, less we, for them to get the certifications to like drive team cars and stuff like that in yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So we put them through, you know, courses. Um, we have calls with our directors so that they can understand the different dynamics. Um, that's and they, fucking nuts actually. Like, that's just like insane. Like, you know, cause it's, it, 
usually those jobs, it, they're so curated to somebody that knows what they're doing. And you're kind of like, well, how do you, it's always that classic, like, well, how do we get experience if we've never had experience? And that's yeah, kind of I cool. mean, they, they did things like, you know, just went out of their way to volunteer for local clubs, just like, hey, can I be in a feed zone for you this week? Like, I don't know. Who just you to are. learn. I need to, I need to learn how to do this. Yeah. Wow. I wish we knew about that. I think we paid somebody a hundred dollars to work, uh, um, Lance Abshire's feed zone in the U23 nationals because he was the only one going by himself. We were all racing track and yeah, that's wild. That, no, that's, that's so cool. I, I think like to just give somebody an opportunity and it's also really cool to see somebody that just wants to do it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, and that's, that's something Ultimately, I feel like they just want to be the, the military for these men and women was their family. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and that was their purpose when they, you know, and so, um, they leave, and they enter a completely different culture and societal dynamic. And yeah. so they, they just want something to be able to be a part of, put on a uniform and have a team. And, yeah. you know, we're just lucky enough to be that, to be that home for them. No, that's amazing, man. And so I guess like, you know, diving into what Project Echelon has done, you know, mm -hmm. even on the, on the side as a nonprofit, but as a cycling team, like you guys won pretty much every fucking stage race this year, like pretty handily, like, and it was with the same guy even, but I mean, it, that just shows the team, you know, like the team dynamic and, and I'll tell you that, that same guy has been on some really strong teams in the past and he didn't win those races. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, it's with the same guy, but with, with a team that like has kind of set him up, you know, and, and like, you can tell that something has clicked at that point. Yeah. And so there's something going on. And that's another thing that like, you know, I'm probably asking like six questions in one, but you know, Monk has been a part of your team for a bit right now, Matt Zimmer, you know, and like, um, even what Steven Vogel, you know, he's, been, I think, didn't he come and go at one point? Like he was, uh, no, Steven's been with us for, what is it? Like, I think it's going on through on four years now. Yeah. Cause I thought there was a time where he moved to California and he was on project echelon before he uh, left. He was with Mike Fikes at that time. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. And see, I didn't know if there was like, he was on project echelon then went to Mike's bikes and then came back to project echelon. But I just know that he's been on that yeah. for a while. And so you've created this family and this foundation, um, and this team. And so what goes in to creating, I guess, sustainability. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, Honestly, uh, planning with the future in mind and uh, planning with sustainability in mind. I think yeah. so often in cycling, we, we fall into this trap of this is what pro looks like. Yeah. Um, and you throw all of your eggs into one basket all at once. And if it works, awesome. And if it doesn't, you're screwed. Yeah. Um, and so I am very transparent with our, like, with our team. Hey, this is, this is what we're doing. This is what this looks like. Here's the support you're going to get. If you need something, let me know. We'll work on it together. But cool. uh, to go ahead and invest in, you know, a three sprinter vans or whatever, you know, I, I just didn't do that right away. I took our time to get the yeah. assets that we have, um, knowing that I wanted to be able to com commit to guys and say, we will be here in four years. Like, if you come to me, you know, you have a, a home if you want to stay for four years. Yeah. Um, and for a lot of guys, that's a massive flow. They don't yeah. want to go searching team to team. Um, they want to be able to be a part of a team that they get to know that they can work with. And ultimately, you know, I think that's why things clicked this year. Um, yeah. we've had a consistent director team. We've had consistent road captains. Um, 
and all of that adds up to making split uh, section uh, split second decisions that everybody believes in and um, ultimately you win a race because of that yeah and so i mean what's what's project echelon's goal i guess in the long term like do we do we see because i mean like if anything you know i'm actually shocked that you guys are at where you're at like in in status right and and you and i both know we're sitting across the table or you know across cameras from each other and we can both look at each other and we can go well we know that a status is literally okay where's my checkbook like if i put a zero at the end of this i become the next tier so what's the point but then at the same time i do know that your guys are more or less capable of riding some of the biggest uci you know stage races like if like your guys and and, and this goes for gonna race fdj jumbo visma the whole crew in a week at prize prize elites yeah and see and that's what and that's what i'm trying to get at is like your guys are and, and this goes for a few teams in in the states but you guys are just as equal to, to a rally like i would put you guys up against a rally and, and you know nine times out of ten it might go one way or the other but in reality like in reality like your guys are capable mm-hmm. like your guys are capable of winning that race and so sometimes i wonder like are you are you holding out on on some of that stuff because of financials and like and the reason why i'm bringing this up is because hopefully somebody can hear this on the podcast and maybe <laughs> maybe make a difference or something you know what i mean and more yeah. or less I, i'm just curious yeah i mean yes it, it is a financial decision ultimately a uci license is about a forty thousand dollar investment yeah. um and plus in a bank united, guarantee yeah and in the united states there is one race that i can't do without that uci license and that's maryland yeah um so do you make a forty thousand dollar investment to do one more race and, and they're do not doing random invites they are not no they wow. are only keeping it to continental teams which i mean you look at some of the teams uh that have invited that finished maybe one or two people at a tour de Gila. yeah um, but neither here nor there yeah um, that that's that's the truth so you know i look at it and like all right do i provide better travel support uh, better financial support, better equipment support for my guys with that investment, or do I go and get a UCI license, which one you know is going to uh, bring the most value to my team and to our mission? Um, you know, racing internationally, we've been able to get into the UCI races that, that yeah. we want to, um, and we get the support from USA Cycling to do it because of the success that we've had on the road. That's um, awesome. As we look to expand that calendar, I mean, uh, it is my goal to to be a UCI licensed team and and to find somebody who believes in us and wants to invest in us in that way. Um, and I would love for that year to be to be next year. And we've got a lot of uh, a lot of pots in the kitchen, you know, cooking things up. But um, you know, we'll we'll just have to see where it takes us. But right now, um, like I said, we're we're achieving our goal of. Um, of trying to be the best team in, in North America when you look across the disciplines across time yeah. trial, stage racing, road racing, criterium racing. Um, I think we're right on track for that. And um, the status doesn't matter. Um, the results yeah. themselves. No, I mean, it, they do. I mean, you got, I mean, from time trialing alone, like I just won't even talk about time trialing. Like we, we know, <laughs> we know you guys know how to time trial. Yeah. Then the, then the road race, you know, oh, fuck you guys won every stage race in North America, um, pretty much. And then yeah, crits. And even then with the crit things, it's just a matter of trying not to die at this point, it seems like, and you know, whatever else. And Monk is probably one of the best guys at doing that. 
<laughs> it's like and I just don't get it. Level-headed dude. You yeah. Never, I mean, yeah. You can you can send him alone. You can send him with the team, and uh, the, he'll figure the it out. Difference in results might be two places. You know, he just yeah. he's always there. And so, I guess you know, not to not to bring up a sore subject, and I just think it's something that everybody's talking about. Everybody's making a meme about of the recent events of like with two of the biggest teams. And I and like I said, I think you guys go a bit underrated. And I don't know if it's just because you know you guys can't afford a social media marketing team or you guys aren't, you know, getting in fights or you guys aren't starting crit beef. I have never seen, I've never had, you know, or seen an athlete from your team stir some sort of controversy. Like whether it's, even if it's just like, yo, I could beat that dude 10 days out of the week. Like even like just trying to start some, like even just something for fun, you know, just Mm -hmm. funny. Um, And so again, I don't know if it's because you guys don't have a social media marketing team, but, (laughs) but what, like, you know, what's, what's your thoughts of what's going on in, in like the crit space. And I know this is probably something that like you guys are diving more towards the road racing and potential, you know, continental status, but yeah. What's your thoughts on what's going on right now? Yeah. I mean, for us, uh, we, we have a very clear message that this program serves some of the most honorable men and women in our country. Yeah, and uh, it's our job to represent them appropriately, um, and I think our guys do a wonderful job of that. They're always gracious winners, gracious losers, um, and we want to be the first person to congratulate somebody for for beating us, and we'd hope somebody would do the same for us, you know, on, on our end. Yeah, um, you know, our co-founder Eric Beach um, sent me a text the other day, actually, as we were watching the live stream and saw all that happen. Um, he goes, "I'm really proud of our guys." For recognizing that this is an honor-based program, not a pride-based program. Yeah. They're willing to, sell it, to swallow their pride for their honor. Yeah. Um, and that, I think that just says a lot about the culture that we have and, and uh, the guys that are, you know, that are part of this program. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And I think, and, and so like, and I, and I think that's, that says a lot about, you know, what's going on, especially just like, it, it's really sad because like, you know, you, you have USA crits and then it folds and then we have this America cup you know, and, you know, it gets blindsided, like, because you, you guys are in the leaders, right? Or like sprinter's yeah, jersey or yeah, points jersey. That was the most frustrating part of the weekend for me. I mean, minus seeing two guys that should be, you know, leading and growing the culture and um, potentially sabotaging their own message. But yeah, um, we all make mistakes. And I think they both rec- recognize that. And uh, we're for ready sure. to on and, and we look forward to racing both of those guys again, but, um, you know, I, I, the biggest disappointment for me this past weekend was, yeah, we were in the green Jersey and we're in the red Jersey and not a single article, not a single headline was written about that. And I feel the same for Maggie Cole's lister from DNA. She's in the exact same position. And Ryan's, um, interview post race ends up making the headline. That's really frustrating when you're doing the work week in and week out, you're doing the right thing in your community and on the bike. And nobody's paying attention because of whatever else is going on in the background. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, and we'll, we'll share this. I mean, you know, Monk is in, is he's in both jerseys, huh? He is. Yeah. That's sick. And see, I didn't even know that. I knew he was in one of them. I didn't know he ended up in both. Um, and then uh, Maggie, yeah, she's in both as well, I guess. Right. Yes. Yep. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. And so I guess, you know, going forward, um, with the crit stuff or in, in, in just with racing. So you guys are in Europe right now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what's what's your what's your North American calendar look like for the rest of the season? Is it just all Europe stuff? And if that's the case, what's your European calendar looking like? Yeah, so um, the guys are only going to be in Europe for until the second week of August. Okay. Um, so they'll be doing um, this coming weekend GP Parenti, which is um, a semi-classic um, race. Goes over a couple sections of the Paris-Roubaix course. Um, relatively flat, uh, but you know, really fun to to go and hit those cobbles with with guys that raced uh, Paris-Roubaix. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think last year our top finisher was uh, was Peter Olenichek. I think he was twenty third. Um, yeah. So we're really look, looking forward to um, to you know doing better than that. Uh, there's a lot to learn last year. Lots yeah. Um, so we'll do that. And then the guys have a couple of pro messes in between, um, in like race names that I can't even pronounce. And then um, <laughs> yeah, then they'll do Cries Brides Elites, which is a six day race in um, in Western France and Britannia. Um, and that will bring some of the biggest teams in the country and their, you know, their hopefuls. Um, there, a lot of their, I guess, B squads. Yeah, will be there. Um, but that that's an incredible race. It is live streamed on, on Eurosport too, so you can watch that. Sweet. No, we'll be sure to have it on too for sure. Um, so, what's your? In the, and I'm assuming you have a split squad because you guys, you have what, ten guys? Uh, no, we have fourteen. So fourteen guys. Yeah, and and that's because we. We don't want to neglect the American scene. Like there is yeah. really good stuff happening here. Um, and yeah. we make sure that we're supporting criterium racing. We're supporting um, stage racing and road racing. Um, and so it, it was important for me to carry a roster that could do both um, yeah. and support a guy like Monk in the, the ACC. Yeah. Um, so yeah, on, on the road racing, stage racing side, the guys are going to be in Europe um, through that point. They're going to come back. And then um, we'll do Green Mountain Stage Race. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have a couple of guys representing a U.S. national team at Maryland. Okay. Um, and then we'll probably finish the season with a couple of select gravel events. Um, till the time. Oh, that's that's awesome, though, that you guys were able to get in to Maryland that way. Like, yeah, yeah, it'll be nice to have representation there. Um, that was awesome. We, we had our jersey on, but representing Stars and Stripes with our mission is pretty impressive, too. Well, yeah, I think, well, that, well I mean, you know, coming from your guys's mission you know it's it's honestly you know carrying the flag is pretty sick you know and so and i think the guys and girls that you guys are supporting will appreciate that as well um no that's awesome on the on the crit side we got intelli um so lake bluff coming up littleton um indy crit and we'll do gateway um and we'll finish it up with, with bucks county classic sweet no that's awesome man well, I got one more question because I know I know you're a busy guy. You got a busy morning. Um, this is a question I ask everybody. It has nothing to do with cycling. Oh, good, um, I love these. Yeah, <laughs> if you could have a cup of coffee with one individual, dead or alive, and I'm really excited to kind of hear your answer, just like you know, knowing a bit where you came from. But if you could have a cup of coffee with one individual, dead or alive, um, who would that individual be, and uh, how would you take your coffee? How would I take my coffee? I'll start with how I'd take my coffee because I still need to think about who that individual would be. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm an espresso guy and my, my drink of choice is definitely a cortado. Cortado, okay. You know, that milk just cuts, cuts yeah. the bitterness of your coffee perfectly. Um, there's still a number of coffee shops that I got to go behind the counter and show somebody how to make it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the US, uh, you know, you go like eat cortado, Gibraltar, they just kind of shake their head and you're like, can I help you? Well, yeah. the downside is, is when you order, when you order a latte or you order a cortado and they ask you what size, 
that's when you know it's game over at that point. When you hear what size would you like, you're just like, oh Jesus. Um, I didn't know there was multiple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, um for for sitting down for coffee. Um I think I think I'd love to sit down with um Martin Luther King. Yeah, wow. And I'd also invite Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> wow. uh, we'd, have a, we'd have a little coffee party. Yeah. Uh, and so what's your reasoning on, on, on hanging out with those guys? They're two people that overcame massive adversity. Yeah. Um, overcame a massive amount of, uh, of judgment and people who uh, didn't trust their leadership, um, yeah. question their leadership, but they clearly had a vision that went beyond the status quo. Yeah. Um, I admire anybody who is able and willing to you know, follow their heart and their passion uh, and overcome that and do something positive with it. So those are two people that stand out to me. Uh, they've got amazing monuments in, in Washington, D.C. because of it. And yeah, uh, yeah opportunity that would be, would be incredible. No, Eric, that's sick, dude. And uh, yeah, like I said, man, I appreciate you hopping on the podcast. Uh, sitting down with me chatting a little bit Um glad we could give some light to you know your team's success your success I think what you guys are doing is so cool like um, it's it's been around for a while and like we've seen a lot of these small projects pop up and they grow they grow they grow and then they start to dwindle away and I think you guys are still on the up and up and that's really exciting to see um, and so yeah so guys if you haven't already please make sure you go check out project echelon make sure you go check out Eric Hill's social media all down in the description below we'll put also a link to all their sponsors and their support we'll also put a link to their organization where you can donate and support and uh that's actually their grand mission man they race bikes second and they support uh veterans first so that's super sick so be sure to go check that out other than that we'll see you next time guys cheers